everybody, this is Heidi. Today I get to speak with Emma Tammy, who's the director of the IFC Midnight film, The Wind. And I really enjoyed seeing this at Fantastic Fest. So here's a little description of the movie. An unseen evil haunts the homestead in this chilling folkloric tale of madness, paranoia, and otherworldly terror. Lizzie is a tough, resourceful frontierswoman settling a remote stretch of land on the 19th century American frontier, isolated from civilization in a desolate wilderness where the wind never stops howling. She begins to sense a sinister presence that seems to be born of the land itself, an overwhelming dread that her husband dismisses as superstitious. When a newlywed couple arrives on a nearby homestead, their presence amplifies Lizzie's fears, setting into motion a shocking chain of events. Masterfully blending haunting visuals with pulse-pounding sound design, director Emma Tammy evokes a godforsaken world in which the forces of nature come alive with quivering menace. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, check it out. You can actually find The Wind now on uh, all sorts of places, on VOD, on Amazon Prime, iTunes, Vudu. Looks like it's also available on Xbox and Google Play. So thanks again for joining me on this wild ride of podcasting and enjoy the show. Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. Last year, I got to see a film called The Wind at Fantastic Fest and was really excited when I was connected with the director of that film. And that director and my guest today is Emma Tammy. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. So nice to be here. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me. I don't know you at all, so this should be really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I saw the movie. I really enjoyed the movie, and I trotted on over to IMDb this morning and and saw that you've been um, co-directing and producing some documentary films. So I'm just curious, yeah, how you got into this project, Directing the Wind. Yeah, I am basically straight out of college started working um, in documentary uh, filmmaking, both in the editing sphere and the producing sphere, and then eventually um, the directing uh, sphere. And I think that that was those were such great tools to hone for jumping into a narrative feature. But I, I grew up around actors. My parents are actors, and I grew up around the theater. And I think and just watching a ton of cinema, it I think was something that I always took for granted to eventually, you know, segue into. But how this one happened was it actually came about through producers that I had worked with on a documentary film. So a a natural progression with working with folks that I had already established a relationship with, which was which was so great. And of course, the script was inspired by true events. So that was a additional layer of it that really intrigued me um, and again, kind of has some loose ties to to documentary filmmaking, although we go into some very fictional realms with this one, which is so fun. Yeah, what I enjoyed about it and connected to was I live in the West, I live in in California. And I think I I have like a, there's a a visceral tie to this people coming out and homesteading and 
going to this land that's, you know, has not been um, tilled before anything, you know, just this raw land and coming as a woman and with a partner and how much trust you have to have in that relationship to your partner, but then the trust you have to have in yourself and your your fortitude, your wherewithal and all that. And, and when I was sort of thinking back on when I watched the film last year and what I was intrigued by and thought I would ask you about, what did you think about this woman who's our lead character and how she kind of discovers who she is through this experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one of the strengths of the script and one of the reasons why I was so drawn to this was that our, our lead character, Lizzie, is such a flawed heroine and she's she's got so much grit and so much strength and endurance but she's also fragile and she's also susceptible to all the the I think the human flaws that we all grapple with whether it's you know letting jealousy become something that seeds within her and and turns into you know something that's ultimately eating at her or fear of the unknown you know all these things that feel like very relatable human things that we grapple with. And I, I, I think it's rare to find, especially a female character that is that fully dimensional. And what was additionally interesting about this one is that the dialogue is so sparse. So we were really, um, so much of what we were learning from this character was just being with her while she's alone. And I thought that was a really interesting challenge uh, as a filmmaker and also just a really uh, interesting thing to play with and with our cast members and specifically with Caitlin Gerard who plays Lizzie because there were just so many scenes that we were doing where where she's by herself and there's still so much that's communicated through those scenes and I think so much that we go through with her and you know the goal was definitely to feel her her evolution or in this case in some ways her devolution and it was uh that was a really exciting journey to go on. Yeah, it really was. And I definitely felt like I was with her there in those moments. And I love having the opportunity to to sit with her in those spaces and kind of imagine. It was easy to imagine what it might feel like. And obviously, the sound design plays a large part. There's a lot of sound that's helping you sort of feel what it might be like on these late nights, um, you know, along with, of course, the sparse lighting and um, that empty feeling out there. And then there's, a, of course, like this ghostly, haunty, spooky, otherworldly stuff that's happening, too. Yeah. This stuff is so different than than a documentary what was it like to just play around with how to to figure out this whole atmosphere and what you wanted to to bring and you know talk with your dp about and and just bring this whole feeling together for a film yeah i i think that um i mean mentioning the dp it was really i think the figuring out of it all was found in every conversation with the the different creative heads of of our departments and we had a really amazing team and from our cinematographer to our production designers to our, and then in post our sound designers. And I think constantly trying to find the layers in which would help tell this story the best and every element of, of the creative that I think we were able to really distill in pre-production that felt very different than documentary because documentary really you're in some ways chasing the story trying to find it as you shoot, but at the end of the day, you're actually really finding it in post. And I think 
you know, with narrative, so much of what you're built, you know, the, the, just the foundation of the film is, is really being prepared for in pre-production. And, um, so that was definitely just experience wise different, but, um, really exciting because I think you're able to start envisioning it so much earlier and then be flexible and watch how it changes, of course. But yeah, I think process wise, that was the biggest difference. Yeah, and I haven't really asked about. I, I got to talk with a one production designer, uh, Martin Wist, about doing bad times at the El Royale, and and that helped uh, me and our listeners really get more of a context of what goes in in pre production as far as those those choices and how they're dictated by you know what's going to happen in in the film itself. I'm curious because I don't really know what goes into these pre-production meetings are you um referencing photos or other films or you know how do you gather together the reference material for what's going to make this vision come together in a way that everybody on the the, all the different creative heads can understand yeah absolutely I think you know it's almost some of these meetings are just so fun because you're just sitting around talking about movie references that you love. But I think, you know, going beyond that, in this case, we were definitely pulling like paintings and still ph- photographs as well um, as references. And then we had, um, you know, some primary sources of, of text that Teresa Sutherland, the writer, had had used as inspiration in writing the script. And I think those journal entries and diary entries that we were able to read of women of the time who were homesteading gave so much insight, not only into details and textures of the world, which was, I think, helpful for our production design team, our, you know, every element of creative, I think, was really informed by that. But then it was really helpful for the cast as well. And for me to to get inside some of the psyche of, um, of these women of the time and, you know, then reinterpret it. But during that pre-production period, you're pulling from so many different things and certainly the the movie language and how we talk about films in relation to referencing different ones is like, is the most fun of it. Cause you feel like, and this one was a Western, you know, we're, we're pulling from some of, some of classic Western references and it's, um, it's a real dialogue with films that have come before this. And that's, that's so cool. Yeah. That sounds like the kind of thing I just imagine being in in those rooms, kind of like being in a, you know, writer's room for comedy or something. I just think like, oh, there's so many things that I just want to be a fly on the wall for to see this creative process happening. And what's fun for you guys, you know, to play around with. Absolutely. And then once you're in that zone, you know, as you're kind of becoming all consumed by thinking about the film and the pre-production period, you, you know, every, you know, a song will come on the radio that feels like, exactly the, the right reference for a moment or you know you'll hear a sound either in a film or just you know on the street that you want to record and like share with the sound design team you know and everyone gets in that zone where I think things start clicking and inspiration is found in so many different places and you just you know get excited about sharing all those references and talking about it which is again just like a, a real joy what um what are you enjoying about or learning about just being out in the world and identifying as I am a feature film narrative film director and here is my film it's it's a it's a weird moment it's a really interesting time for you to actually ask that question because I've never experienced from the directing perspective this 
this moment where the film is coming out and being distributed, in this case by IFC Midnight, you know, we actually made a bunch of changes to the film after Toronto and Fantastic Fest. We were able to see it with an audience for the first time. I think you're so often rushing to finish a film for the festival premiere that there are, there are often things, and especially after watching it with a big audience for the first time, that you feel like you want to tighten up or spend more time on. And in our case, we wanted to spend some more time on the sound design and the score and the VFX, and we tightened the cut a little bit. And it was hmm. was such a great thing to be able to do to really, you know, feel the film out there and in a slightly raw way for the these first festivals, and then to be able to come back and really do our our polished pass on it for its its distribution. Now with the movie actually coming out, being able to talk about it and reflect on it with a little bit of distance is is also really exciting and, and really an unpacking of the whole experience and also just, you know, an unpacking of what the film ultimately is. It's such a vulnerable thing letting something out into the world that has been that you have been living with so so closely for for so long. I mean, in this case, I think I read the script about two years ago and we, you know, shot it about a year and a half ago. So on some level or another, I've been living with this for about two years and that, you know, now it's ready to let it all go. And that's, that's an exciting feeling and that's an anxious feeling. And it's, you know, staying on course to try to find the next thing to, to get involved with is kind of the key. And the rest of it is just out of our hands and knock on wood that people will respond to it. But really proud of this one, particularly getting out into the world because everyone who worked on it worked so hard and I, I really feel is, is so talented. So I hope it just really leads to more things for everyone involved in this production because, you know, we did it quickly and we did it on a fairly low budget. And I think it exceeds both the time and the money that we had to make it. And that's really a testament to everyone's hard work and and belief in the story, which was which was great. Yeah, everyone was so committed to it. Awesome. That was a great answer. I'm excited to learn more about female directors. And I just spoke with a woman who's a young woman who's done a few, she's done a few shorts and some different videos and everything. And I was having such a rich conversation with her about where we're at right now, I guess. And I just, I want to continue to elevate uh, these voices and, and keep pointing people to women directors. I feel like even I just have a lot to learn about who's out there and what they're doing. So me too. I, I feel like it's such a learning curve. I, I feel on the, on the ride as well in terms of, of learning while doing um, about all that. It's, you know, it's such a weird thing because I think talking about being a female director right now, it is something that feels like an important thing to do. And at the same time, on a more just personal level, it is, it is not the thing that I feel like I'm sitting with every day. It is like, how do I just as a filmmaker, you know, keep going? Yeah. But uh, one of the things that, and it's only kind of dawning on me as we're talking, but one of the things that I do feel like is shifting a little bit is historically a lot of women have had to, who have directed, have had to in some ways like mask their feminine side. Like they had to enter into that room as a filmmaker that is as strong as one of the guys and in some ways as masculine and heavy hitting, even if they were women. And I think that's still true to an extent, but I think there's this like crack in the system at the moment that's making room for also directors that want to lean into the, the female 
perspective that they also bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's largely in, in the characters that we're seeing also being, being written and produced right now. And that was certainly the case, you know, with the wind. And I think I, I definitely didn't enter into it as a female director in my mindset, I entered into it as a director, but then I definitely brought that, that side of my own personal experience and just my, my own POV to the table because this was such a, um, female-driven story. Yeah, I think that that's what's so wonderful just about exploring more about the variety of people who are directors, whoever they are, however they identify, whatever, is that when they're coming as themselves and not saying, okay, I need to bolster myself and come in strong and masculine and whatever, you know, whatever these things are that have traditionally defined what a director is or an auteur or a genius or whatever, (laughs) these kind of old crumbly things that, you know, mostly pointed to these macho dudes maybe in the 70s or 60s or 50s or etc is that we just get these layered interesting character studies and stories because they are directed by a variety of folks and are about a variety of lenses and stories and and so i'm excited and i'm and i really enjoyed this film i think you're right though what you were saying about perspectives for sure and i think just to put a cap on the female thing like i I think that's it's that's beyond female filmmakers it's just people who are making films with perspectives that haven't been shared in the mainstream as much so it's definitely not just women and it's definitely you know an exciting time for that Emma, I really appreciate you spending this time with me today, sharing a little bit about the process behind making this film, and I will definitely share with everyone how they can find it and when its release date is and everything. But how can people connect with you and what it is that you'll be up to in the future? Oh, well, um, I mean, I'm on social media, but I also try not to spend too much time on social media. Awesome. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, you know, once once something's set up and ready to go, we'll announce it um, in some way, and I'll definitely share that. There also, some, a designer just made a really cool, like, 8-bit video game based on the movie. Oh, awesome. Inspired by the video game Oregon Trail, so... There's like a lot of really fun things that are kind of coinciding with the release, which I hope people will check out. Thanks so much. It's been a a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much, Heidi. And everybody out there, if you want to hear more of these conversations with awesome creatives, you can find all of my podcast episodes at VibrantVisionaries.com. Again, my name is Heidi Bennett, and we'll see you next time. 